Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 115, Jackie's Change Story, realizing your worth beyond actions and roles. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. Today I'm sharing Jackie's story. And Jackie recently went through what she calls a shattering. Now, rest assured, we don't all need to go through a major shattering the way that Jackie did in order to see things in a really, really different way. But some of us do go through that, and Jackie did. So her marriage of a lot of years ended in a way that uh, she didn't want it to end. And that was just one piece of the puzzle. (laughs) In this shattering, kind of everything exploded. You know, she had spent, as you'll hear her tell, she had spent her life uh, making everyone else happy and not seeing her own strengths, which are things like intuition and her her ability to connect and all of these amazing things, she didn't see any of those as strengths. And she squashed them and she ignored them. And she looked toward things that other people maybe thought were her strengths or that she was told were her strengths. And so much of her life was spent looking outward at the roles and the things that she did and the things she did for other people and kind of not really not really honoring what was wanting to come through. And in this shattering, so much changed. So much changed. She woke up to her bigger worth beyond these roles and actions and all of that. So I love how Jackie talks about this. She talks about life before the shattering, which is called BS, and then life after the shattering. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy Jackie's story. Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Hi, Amy. It is my absolute pleasure to be a guest on your show. And I'm super excited to see where this conversation weaves and takes us. Yeah, me too. It's so funny. I know I told you um, by email that you're on my whiteboard over here because, you know, as I just email correspond with people, hear people on podcasts, which I heard you on a podcast last summer, um, you know, just people kind of come across your path. And I, I always make a note because I have guest speakers in the little school of big change. I have this podcast. So I always kind of keep that, you know, somewhere. So you've been on my board for probably seven or eight months or more. And then we just talked about doing this. You actually brought it up of like doing this and me being on your podcast. I'm like, wow, that was easy. Just put it on the board and it happens. <laughs> Oh, let's save that for later in the conversation because I, I, yeah, I'm all about following the universal nudges at the moment now that I've got this expansiveness and space back and I'm, I'm deep in this conversation and this understanding. Yeah. It didn't surprise me when you said that I was on your whiteboard because it was just a nudge to come back into contact with you. It's follow, you know, trust the process, follow the next, next step. Yeah. which has been a big learning for me. Someone yeah. who likes to control everything. So yeah, that was crazy. When I read that, it's like, oh yeah. That was so cool. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little, yeah, like I don't know where it makes sense for you to start because I know that so much has happened for you. Um, it just, and I don't even mean in your outside life, although a lot has changed in your outside life, but in what you've seen and you you call it kind of before the shattering and after the shattering. So maybe tell everyone like a little bit about what life was like for you before the shattering 
and then we'll just kind of see where that goes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what I just discovered about the before shattering and after shattering? That BS, as well as it stands before shattering in my story, stands for something else as well. (laughs) And a lot of my life before shattering was a lot of BS because I believed everything (laughs) that my brain was telling me and took everything that it said as truth. So, and that needed to be shattered. So that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe for context for listeners, if I um, just start from the beginning and from some of the programming that got me to the place where, where this insight and the conversation that we're in made such a big impact and change in my life. Uh, And that was, I was someone who always liked to be in control of things. Uh, change was the enemy for me. And so for all of my life, through all of the preconditioned programming, uh, how I'd been brought up, a lot of the stories that I've been told and that I believed, I had shut down a lot of who I truly was. And who I truly was in my head throughout my life became someone who was the person who was always resilient, who was always strong, almost to the point of martyrdom that would get through things, that would carry and drag everyone else through things. I overthought a lot. I was really anxious a lot. Uh, And yeah, it wasn't a a really easy place to live, but I've seen so much around that differently now. And I think for anyone out there listening, there's a real caveat around any of these conversations in that we need to always meet ourselves where we are and that wherever we are in the moment is our truth and our reality because we're creating it and we sometimes can't see it any other way. And so some of the big pieces that happened in my life uh, that I pushed down all the pain and I stepped in to save the world and save everyone else mode. And one of those moments was not long after I was first married, my husband, who was a fireman, was significantly injured in a fire. I found out about about that file by watching the telly. Um, I was really young. We were married really young. So the first instance of me getting into that place where I threw down the pain and just tripped on through and ignored my feelings and tried to take control of life was that. Um, and that was pretty big. Uh, probably eight years ago, my husband got diagnosed, my ex-husband got diagnosed with cancer. My mother got diagnosed with cancer. Um, And that was pretty significant as well. And so when those things happened, so if we step back six to eight years when I was in the middle of finding out about my ex-husband's cancer and my mother's cancer, and I'd taken over a pretty big role in one of Air New Zealand's biggest corporates as a senior leader so that I could lead the charge and bring in all the income so my husband could get better and focus on his health, I came across your book being human. And that book was the start of cracking open a door for me in terms of understanding how the human experience worked, how our human design worked. And I remember sitting outside sort of paint a picture for people. I hardly ever had any time at that point in my life because I was in this massive role that consumed all of my energy at work and out of work whilst I was looking after my ex-husband and looking after my mum and looking after my father, looking after my mum and looking after my son, worrying about his grandmother and his father. So I hardly had any space. My brain went at a million miles an hour. Um, And I just 
found your book through Annie Grace's book, The Snake of Mind. I think the universe brings books and people your way when it's time and when you're ready to see them. And I remember sitting outside on this beautiful sunny day and I just started reading and I got to chapter five and it was Willow's story. And for anyone who hasn't read that book, A, go out and get it. Uh, and, and B, um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful book. But I was reading Willow's story and to give context, it's you telling the story of Willow and a poem that you were reading her at night that talks about uh, how amazing we are as humans. And I think it was this poem called On the Night You Were Born and it talks about how the stars shone for Willow and it, the stars shine for all of us. The animals celebrated us. We're these amazing creatures. And the poem was beautiful in itself. And I was reading it and then it stopped halfway through. And you wrote these two sentences that I remember so clearly. And they were, um, and they won't be verbatim, but they were, uh, Willow had no doubt in her mind that the whole world and the universe came together to celebrate her and that she was so special. And she knew her worth. Do you know yours too? And those words, do you know yours too? And that question just went, it bypassed my brain and it went straight to my soul and something cracked. And it's almost like if I had to explain the feeling, it's like when you have two ends of a magnet and one end pulls the other piece of metal at such a force together that it connects with this bang, that sentence just connected to something in me that I buried for so long. And I just had tears streaming down my face. And I knew then uh, that that was the start of something different. And so I read the rest of the book and I started to get familiar with this insight and how it worked and then started to play around with it. And boy, it changed my life. But it, it was, yeah, it changed it in increments because you know, you're an overthinker and you're in your head for all of your life. Then you get this amazing insight into how the world works and you get it and then you lose it. And then you get it again a little deeper and then you lose it again. And yeah, that was the start of, I guess, yeah. my relationship with all of this work and you. Wow. I love that. I love that, how you describe that feeling, you know, of just, wow, it's almost like, and it is confusing to our minds because like you said, you get it and you lose it and you know it's huge. Like you knew in that moment, something profound had shifted, yet you might walk in the house and the house is a mess and you know, <laughs> your son needs you. And you know, it's not like everything literally transforms and changes. You know, you still have to cook dinner that night and all of that. But so I love just that piece of it too. You know, that is just so normal and human and and that can throw us for a loop sometimes. Like, wait a minute, I know this is big, but where does it go in, in that whole process? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think you nailed it there, Amy, because I know now that we're spiritual beings having this amazing human experience. And you can also flip that. And that means that we can connect to this place within us and beyond us, but we still have to live life. Yeah. And so the, the beauty of this conversation is that you can live life without taking it all so seriously because our, our thoughts aren't truth. Yeah. None of them, even the really good ones that we like, they're not truth. And whenever we leave that present moment, we're in a story, whether it's our backstory or our future story. And sometimes you want to embrace those stories because they're fun and exciting. And sometimes we get caught up in our head in them because they're so incredibly painful and they mean something to us. 
so yeah, we do have to navigate life, but we navigate it from a different place because just stuff, stuff just feels different. And, and like I said, that journey for me took a while. So that book reading was four to five years ago. And then I was still white knuckling it for a while. And it was really interesting because I noticed, I just started to notice stuff. So I got in this habit of getting home and cracking open the bottle of Chardonnay and having a drink and then just, I have this little sense of a relief. And even that started to feel really uncomfortable for me because I know it wasn't something that I relied on, but it was almost like I even started to notice that relief, the relief would come before I'd even had a sip of the Chardonnay. And we know how alcohol works, right? It's a depressant. It slows down our brain. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of stopped doing that. So you talk about in the little school of big change how stuff just falls away. Sometimes people come because, well, they do come because they've got, something they want to work on but it's about so much more than that because when you get this understanding stuff your, your life changes in such incredible ways so yeah, like I said I just started playing around with that but there was still so much stuff coming at me that I could embrace the insight when it worked and then I'd lose it when it didn't and I had my face so far pressed up against the glass of that window where I couldn't get the expansiveness sometimes to see my experience for what it was and my thoughts for what they were. But I also had, I felt like I had my back so far up against the wall that I was squished between the wall that my back was up against and the pane of glass. And, and that was life's outside circumstances. But I know now that those outside circumstances actually, they didn't create my experience. I created my experience, all of it. Yeah. The being in the role that consumed me, the the feeling unhappy, the feeling resentful because I was doing everything. It was it was awful created. So how did you um from that from just the raising of those questions and that big insight, that big shift within you, um if you remember, like, what did that do for you? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, cause, cause right shortly thereafter, as you said, all kinds of life just kept on happening and kept on coming at you for a while. Um, was it about your worth or did you, was it about anything in particular or was it more the kind of thing where you just began to see, um, wow, my mind creates and all this stuff. And then I feel all that, you know, about like pushing pain down and I'm going to take care of everything and it's all on me and all of that kind of thinking. Did you gradually have little insights around that or like, how did that start to chip away? It was gradually lots of little insights. So it's, it's funny you should say that because the self-worth piece, because that's all thinking in and of its own yeah. self, that that I've I've got to the bottom of, but literally only this past six months. It's almost like that fell to the background. And then I just kept getting a whole lot of little insights around other stuff. And I think one of the key things was it just, it made life okay. It made it okay for me to be up in my head and, and to to feel the pain, even though I think for a long period, I still pushed it down. Uh, I I joined the little school of big change. And that's where a lot of, of the further insight started because I started getting what exceptions were. And the self-worth piece was a really big blind spot. Yeah. And so I can talk to that in a little bit, how I, how I got to get to the bottom of that blind spot. But when I came into the little school of big change, I was a lurker there. So I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> engaged in the conversations. I was just an observer 
because I was looking at everyone else thinking, well, maybe my stuff's not so bad. Um, because, you know, there's some people there who are, are battling some really tough stuff. And and seeing them talk about their stuff when they were so deep in it, and this is the beauty of, of the little school of big change, I could look at their stuff, which felt so much heavier than mine, and, and see it for what it was. Was It was like, oh, wow, that's, that's just your thinking. How come you can't see it in that situation and the overeating or the anxiousness or, um, yeah, in some cases, the suicidal thought. I can see it's the thinking, but I couldn't see it for me because I was still holding on to my exception. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I mean, that's that's so huge just to see how it works that way, you know, and um, that seeing other people wake up to this, like we just see it so much more clearly for everyone else. That's the whole thing about that chapter that you mentioned. Like I could see it clear as could be for my daughter and she was a baby, so she could see it for herself. No one ever told her that she was anything that perfect, <laughs> other than perfect, right? And of course everyone celebrated her. But, and I, and I don't know, I just think that's so huge. You know, as a mother yourself, it's like you you know that for your son. You see that in everyone else, but there's just this funny thing with us. And I don't know, you know, I, I talk about it a lot, but I think it's just such a, such a huge benefit of being in community with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just, I, when I was seeing that in the community, then I started playing with it a little bit myself. And so... I mean, this is just such a silly example about the inside out stuff and, and our exceptions. But even playing around with the little stuff. So when I was married, I could sit at home. My husband could go away for a three-day trip bike ride with the boys. I could sit at home and the feeling would be elation and lightness and, oh, yes, I've got three days to myself and I'm going to watch Netflix and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to catch up with girlfriends. And it was this really cool feeling of being on my own. After I was separated, I could take that exact same reality of having alone time and it wouldn't feel light. Yeah. And I wouldn't, in my head, because I was telling a very different story, I wouldn't feel elation about being on my own and having all this free choice to do whatever I was, but nothing had really changed. The situation was exactly the same, but for my thinking of the situation and the story I was telling myself. It's a so great I, example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, was, which was insane. And I see so much about that now. And I, I remember emailing you. And whenever we email back and forth, I always come off the back of that email trail because it's such a good reminder for me. When my marriage separated, I remember emailing you saying, because I'd had such insights up to that point, this felt like this huge exception, a separation, because I'd been with my ex-husband for 30 years of my life, longer than I'd been on my own. And, and in that email, I remember saying to you, how, how can I... You know, how can I get through this? Point me to one of your podcasts that helps talk about the situation. <laughs> Here's what to do when your marriage of 30 years ends. <laughs> it's and your career of 30 years ends and your son leaves home oh, because yeah. and you shift cities because you have to shift back because your marriage has ended because all of those things converged at the same time. And so that to me appeared like a huge exception to this understanding, yeah. which we all know it isn't, right? Yeah. And you came back with just this beautiful response around, well, um, just go to the podcast around when things don't go to plan because <laughs> <laughs> the rest isn't an exception. I've, I've 
all that had happened was that I'd almost destroyed every identity marker and tag that I had in my mind around who I was. Yeah. And that was, that was the shattering. That was the biggest shattering and the biggest gift because Ram Das talks about how, you know, we're all energy and we come to this planet, however we come to this planet, and what he likes to call our spacesuits. And then we move around life in these spacesuits, checking out each other's spacesuits and, <laughs> and making sure our spacesuit looks good to everyone else. And we start the process of becoming somebody in life. You know, it starts from when we're a little kid and we, we start to form that identity. And that's just life. That's how we navigate through it. But when you can see it like that and when you have the shattering where everything that you thought you were gets stripped away, you know that that's not who you were. Yeah. Yeah. And Otherwise, it couldn't shatter. It couldn't be stripped away if that's who you were, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's something that's helped me fall so much deeper into this insight now because I think what happened when I read Willow's story and I had that magnetic pull back to myself, I hadn't connected to who I truly was beyond a mother, a senior leader, a daughter, and every single piece of programming and expectation around that for, I can't even remember. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's why the transformation has been so profound for me is because I've, I've come back to who I am that has nothing to do with what I do and who I am to other people. We talk often about there being sort of this spiral, but it makes perfect sense that it's not like we have this massive insight and then everything is different. We, like you said, you kind of kept thinking that you were done, done in a sense, right? Like, oh, I got this covered. I'm good there. And then whoosh, there comes life to show you more. And that's the way it works. And I love that it works that way. Do you know what? It's like, that's how, that's just life expanding us. We're never done. We're never done. So there will be something else, maybe not a big dark period, but you know, there's always going to be stuff. And I just love knowing that that's part of the process. And what I think, you know, what a lot of people start to see, it sounds like you have as well, is that when we have these darker moments or we feel like, oh my gosh, I've lost it all, we start to just deeply know what's coming on the heels of that, a greater clarity, even, you know, a deeper sense of this, which makes those those kind of hard moments just totally different. Yeah, that's so true. And I love that. We are never done. But I think where I'm at now is I'm not afraid of my experience. Yeah. You know, when you you get taken to the brink and you get brought to your knees and, and you have a shattering, I just, it doesn't scare me anymore. So it means now, especially after this last five weeks, I'm all back and all in for life. And I know I'm going to get hurt again. And I know bad stuff can happen. And this is how hilarious my brain was before, my beautiful brain that was keeping me safe. It It would make me feel so trapped. It was like, you're in this job, you can't leave it because your husband's sick and you have to be the one that earns a living. And... And even beyond that, before that, it was, well, you can't leave this job because you've got, you've got about six months sick leave there. You've been at this place forever. What happens if you get sick next? <laughs> Just yeah. these crazy stories that I step back now and I go, really? And, and one of the biggest, the biggest ways that I can ground myself if I get caught up in exception, in, in, in exception now is to remember the 
pair of wind-up teeth that you used in the little school of big change. And I can I can see those wind-up teeth and I can imagine just like, uh, you know, I think the untethered soul talks about this, I can imagine if I were to write down the tens of thousands of thoughts that go through my head in one day on a piece of paper and then I would give that piece of paper to someone else and let them sit and walk alongside me for the rest of that day and read out that piece of paper. There's not one single thing from that bit of paper and that transcript of my thoughts that I would actually give any credence to. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just such a brilliant reminder Yeah, because we believe it when we're in it. And so now I'm all about living the truth and not the illusion. So there's nothing that can happen on the outside that can make me feel a certain way. There just isn't. And I know that people who aren't deep in this insight will hear that and, and go, how? How can that be? And sometimes I struggle to even articulate it yeah. properly myself. But thought arises within us. We think, we feel, and we create our reality from that place. And then we bring in all the senses and it, it from a physiological and a hormone and a change perspective, it just feels so real. Yeah. But one situation played 8 billion different ways with all of the humans on the planet is never going to be played out the same way or seen the same way. Isn't that the best? I mean, that's what's so, I love that. It's like we can, we can just spin a wheel, flip a coin. Like it could, we could have any variation of any experience, which just shows us so much. Like, why would we think the one we're having is the one true one? And it's, and it's ours. It's meant for us. And you know, like, it's just so funny how a mind does that. It makes it, it makes everything so meaningful and personal and weaves this big personal story about it that just has it make sense. But I love what you're seeing, you know, and it's amazing to be able to look back and look at how gripping those, those thoughts were like, well, of course I can't leave my job. It was probably just not even a, like, not even a thought in your mind. Of course I can't. And to see that with nothing in the world being different, just you seeing from a different place, now that looks crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty mind-blowing. A, what the human spirit can endure and B, the boxes we put around ourselves. So I, I think of myself before and it's like that cartoon you often see where the, the little animal is sitting in the cage staring at the the locked door in front of them yeah and there's there's no walls and sides to that cage yeah there's no future we haven't written it yet we get to co-create it but if we believe our thoughts are real we can't co-create because we'll we'll only create within this limited myopic view of what we're capable of but we've all got this infinite potential and even another one of those limiting thoughts when I was thinking about you know four years ago even starting my own business it's like, well, you're going to have to advertise and how can you afford Facebook ads? <laughs> it's just That's insane. a reason to not do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, you know, I've spent the last year and a half when, when everything shattered, I made a conscious choice not to jump back into a corporate role that would take away the financial freedom and bring me back that certainty that I clung to for so long. Yeah. I just wanted to leave the space and the expansiveness to let all the pain come up from every single thing that I pushed down for all of those years to rewrite all the memos about who I was and what I believed around relationships, around the role I played in the world. And I know that that rewriting the memo kind of feels like it's up in your head again, but there's this parallel track 
that we run as spiritual beings having a human experience where we do have to use our intellect. We do have to live a life. We do have to get in relationships. We have to, well, we don't. We can choose. We have to earn a living. But at the same time, we're connected to this oneness and something so much bigger. Yeah. Um, Does it feel like. So I look to both sides and play across both sides. Yeah. But it's almost like. my my soul space, my connection to myself and and the oneness and the universal mind and that innate wisdom that we all have, that's the thing, that's the driver, that's what I give credence. And the intellect um, is a really great servant to that versus the master that I let it be for all of my life. So what's your experience like now? So you're back in lockdown as we record this. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, how, it hasn't been that long, but just in the past few months since the first lockdown, mm. I mean, it sounds like everything feels completely different to you in a lot of ways. It does. I think it's, I think it's like the first time I really got an insight into how our human experience works. Yeah. It was so freeing and so expensive. It's like that amplified on steroids. I feel like I'm 10 years old again. <laughs> um, I, have this, I have this energy. I have this hope. I, I, can live, I can live in the present and hope for the future and trust in the process. And that doesn't mean I think there's a misunderstanding around this that to do that it means oh, just let all the universal nudges guide you to where you need to be. It's not about that. It's about being so open to the knowledge and the wisdom that sits within that you can let it come up and take action from that place because the action, when you take it from that place, is so aligned. You know, people talk about finding their sole purpose a lot and particularly at a certain point in life that becomes important to people. But I don't think you can get there without being truly connected into your authentic self, your true self, because then you can allow the wisdom to come up so that the nudges you take are aligned to where you need to go versus trying to control where you need to go. And the biggest difference for me is that I'm not operating from a stay positive or control your mindset place. You know, I look now at, at a lot of, what people do to help themselves and they're so up in their heads trying to help themselves and setting these goals and the goals are the destination to the happiness that they try and drive and push themselves towards. Um, but it's all derived from the thinking place. Yeah. I, I think sometimes people don't even know there's a place to go to beyond that, which is so, it's just this missed opportunity, I think. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, f- I feel so much lighter. The stuff just doesn't bother me. And I remember when I first got, got this insight, it felt a little bit weird because it's like you peek behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz. You know how Dorothy spends all this time on the yellow brick road trying to get to this place? Um, and then she gets there and it's not what she thought it was. It's like this whole giant big trick and misunderstanding when you pull the curtain and there's a little guy behind pulling all the strings. I kind of think that's what our, our brains are like and they're doing what they need to do. Um, but what I, I guess I love about this is that there are these parallel train tracks and the way that you teach this understanding is to teach from a place of you've got a psychology background so you help people know that our brains are just doing what they do 
they're trying to be helpful, even though it's not entirely helpful all the time, but there's this other place that we can operate from, this new paradigm, and that's powerful because I think so often we operate from one place or the other. Yeah. Yes, just knowing that there are the two, you know, and then just naturally and knowing there are the two and seeing more about them. Like you said, it just, they inform each other. They're really one, <laughs> you know, they're really, they're really one because they're, they inform each other and work together. And yeah, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it does. And I'm so more open just to the flow of life now. Yeah, it's great. And I'm not worried. I think I even wrote in that email to you. I'm a middle-aged single woman and I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> I, I look at that thought now and it's just so ridiculous. I'm so... I'm so happy and I don't mean happy. I mean like, like I guess it's just peaceful and, yeah. and full of joy around just living my life. Regard, it's irrelevant whether I'm living it with me, I'm living it with someone else. I don't have a yearning or a neediness to be in a relationship, but I'm really clear about what I want in a relationship and it's not a big long list of things. Yeah. Uh, and if it comes along, it comes along. If it doesn't, that's great. I can't even believe that was such a big thing. <laughs> it's amazing. I love just like, I can feel your lightness. I love hearing you say you feel like you're 10 years old again. <laughs> That's like as good as it gets. So thank you so much for sharing your story, your before shattering, your BS story to your yeah, AS BS. story. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so to great to see. Story. Yes. I get to write the AS story and that's the, that's the cool part after shattering, you get to write it. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Jackie. Oh, and thank you for the part you've played in, in the journey. I just, yeah, it's, it's been really impactful. You do some awesome work in this world. Thank you. The bell is ringing. Today is the very first day of school. It's the first day of the fall 2020 course of the Little School of Big Change. I love this day. I love this week as all of the new students are piling in. They're checking out the lessons, the first batch of lessons that are available. They're having insights already. And honestly, the very first batch of lessons are really good. So they have insights right off the bat. They're sharing their excitement on the forum, introducing themselves, getting support and jumping into conversation and exploration about this right away. I love watching them all come in, get to hear where people came from and how they found their way here and what they're hoping to see during these six weeks. And I would love for you to be part of that. This this group is going to be incredible, I think, in part because of all that's happening in the world, all that we've all been through over the past six months. And in part because every group is incredible and so many unexpected, amazing things happen for people every single time we do this. So please join us. Go to the littleschoolofbigchange.com to enroll today. And keep in mind that today is September 28th, but enrollment for the fall course ends on Thursday, October 1st at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. So just before the strike of midnight, you have all day Thursday, but come October 2nd, you can't join the fall course anymore. You have to wait six months. And in six months, oh my gosh, why would you do that? So... So much can change in six months. It's a long time. So please join us. I would love to see you. I hope to see you really soon in school. 